This is the Bad Batch Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back talking about Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 3, Replacements. Ignore the clone. We signed up to be soldiers, not an execution squad. We're going to detain the prisoners and take them in for questioning. You want to know why they put me in charge? It's because I'm willing to do what needs to be done. Good soldiers follow orders. Welcome back, fellow troopers. We're back with the third episode of Star Wars The Bad Batch Replacements on TV Podcast Industries. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow troopers. We're going to crash. It's one of your other hosts, John. And hello, I am Chris, and I have crashed. Aww. <laughs> Just energy-wise, energy-wise. Yeah. I need to bring yeah. it back. Excellent. Well, it is Friday evening. We have all had long weeks of work, but happy May 14th, or May 14th be with you. I'm not going to do that again. No, don't. No, no, That's not totally to that wrong. Up. Okay. So wrong. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like, it sounds like a teenager force. So it's like May the 14th. So it's just like the, the, the force is pimply. It's kind of emotional, you know? Okay. You know? It's just going like through me. his adolescent preteen years. It's a teenager. Like yeah. Maybe after this week, that's me. Pimply and emotional. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long <laughs> week. But we are here with another good episode of Bad Batch to talk about. Um, thanks so much for joining us. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do over on tvpodcastindustries.com. Uh, you can find our coverage of loads and loads of different shows uh, over there and can follow all of our coverage as it's released for Star Wars The Bad Batch. We'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the show. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with any thoughts you have on The Bad Batch or any of the shows we cover. You can also come and join us over on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries and we'll have spoiler posts up there every week for each of the episodes of the shows we cover yes but derek i think we should uh rock it before our flux capacitor uh, blows up uh <laughs> into the episode details for episode three replacements mm, different series make it's it just so. a capacitor this time uh, rather than oh uh, yeah, <laughs> rather than a flux capacitor. I think that's a uh, back was to the it future. Just, I thought it. <laughs> no, it was. It was just. I was like even going. Wait, is he, he making a Martin McFly reference? Well, what did I not get here? <laughs> it's just a capacitor in Star Wars. That, that's all it is. It? Yes, but this show once again, exec producers for the Bad Batch are Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. This episode was written by Matt McNevitz. He was a writer on the final season of Clone Wars and the final season of Rebels, and he was also one of the many writers on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and excellent game for the playstation and xbox if you haven't played it go play it it's really really good it is it is very good yeah no it is yeah yeah and among everything the story itself is actually really enjoyable as well not just the gameplay the story that that uh, was put together for it was really good so uh so delighted that they brought over one of the at the time one of the clone wars uh writers and rebels writers to help write that story that's kind of cool it's all connected. It is kind of all connected, yes. <laughs> uh, the episode was directed by Dan- uh, Nathaniel Villanova, um, who directed episode one of The Bad Batch as well. John, do you want to give us the synopsis for The Bad Batch episode three, Replacements? Sure. In their escape from the New Empire on Salukami, The Bad Batch's ship took heavy damage. With tech unwilling to help Echo complete repairs, their ship, the Havoc Marauder, crash lands on a seemingly desolate planet. When a key capacitor gets stolen by an energy-loving native called Ordo Moon Dragon, Hunter has to retrieve it before they can take off. 
With Rekka out of action after a knock on the head, Omega volunteers to go along on the mission. After Hunter is knocked unconscious by the Moon Dragon, Omega steps up and retrieves the stolen part, allowing the Bad Batch to get off the world. While they were away, Rekka set up a room for Omega to make her feel at home and welcome her to the team. Meanwhile, on Kamino, Governor Tarkin wants to test a new group of top conscripted recruits brought to him by Vice Admiral Rampart. With former Bad Batch member Crosshair further reprogrammed by the Kaminoans as their leader, Tarkin sends them to complete the mission Hunter refused. They are to wipe out Saw Gerrera and his army on Onderon. When the new team arrives, they find a small group of Guerrero's troops evacuating the planet. Crosshair orders them to execute those that are left, but when one of the new recruits refuses, he's killed by Crosshair. The rest of the team are told a good soldier follows orders, and they complete the mission. As a reward for the performance of his clone-led elite squad, Vice Admiral Rampart is promoted to Admiral. Thanks for that, John. Hidden in the synopsis there, um, the new soldiers complete their mission, as in uh, slaughter a lot of innocents in this episode. Quite a, a dark, um, <laughs> quite a dark episode in points, and quite a light episode in other points. Yes, I, I probably shouldn't laugh there, but no. I mean, this is the only cartoon that can both combine the slaughter of non-combatants to mm-hmm. a cosy interior design for children. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, yeah. it was quite some feat, dare I say. Yeah, yes. yeah absolutely. What do you think, Chris? It's definitely a tale of two halves. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm going to save my overall thoughts. I, it's just, it is very mixed. Yeah. In that, it, it, like, they, there is some very dark overtures coming through in this well, mostly in the crosshair kind yeah. of kind of storyline. Exactly. And then you've got the the happy go lucky Omega and learning from Hunter and everything's going to be okay and it's all fun and she's now part of the batch mm-hmm. and she has her own room. And I'm like, they're meshing it okay, but it's just that there is a very there's a very evident schism in these stories. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, Chris, totally know what you mean about it, about it being a show of two halves this episode. Let's get into those two halves. Let's talk about our first uh, blaster point, blaster point number one. Let's talk about one half of that story, really, uh, all about the crash landing on this uh, unnamed planet um, as the Bad Batch are escaping still from uh, Sulacomi from the last episode. Uh, they went there to find some help, uh, escaped because the Empire were there locking down the planet effectively, and on their way out of there, they took uh, took some some hits on their ship uh, and now crash land on the planet. I love the in- the opening interaction here between uh, each of the Bad Batch. We now have, what, three members of the, of the former Bad Batch plus Echo, and we have Omega as well now, a new member of the team. But I like the kind of interplay between the characters. Everybody gets their moment. They're all kind of starting to stand out from each other quite a lot now. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of Echo... Um, going and trying to fix the ship and you have Tech who is the person that should be fixing the ship kind of going yeah but there's nothing really damaged here there's no like it's not like the um like the air is going to run out in us so he's not helping at all he's working on a new technical problem he's working on whether uh, the chips need to be analyzed whether they're going to uh, control the Bad Batch in future so that's his job and he's like well I checked there's no dire uh, problem for us here as the ship goes to crash land on the planet, basically. So uh, I thought I thought that was quite a fun little uh, moment between those characters, particularly. It was fun. Uh, it's it's for me. I'm actually enjoying Wrecker more as oh, yeah. a kind of the standout. The that kind of you back in the kind of D and D high fantasy, he would be the oaf barbarian. Yeah, 
kind of not qu- dim, nice but dim. That right. type of character, yeah. which is like, yeah. he's really nice. He's a bit dim, but mm-hmm. m- like put him in front of a steel wall and he'll rip it to shreds. Absolutely. And I think he is supposed to be the one that everybody falls in love with. He's kind of got the heart of gold. He's the one that's kind of forming a relationship here with Omega in in the episode as well. Um, So I think he's the one that you're all supposed to love as as an audience as well. Yeah, It is. He is really just cute. Yeah. And I'm starting to wonder, Hunter as the leader, question Mm -hmm. mark, the grumpy Mm -hmm. loner wolf type. Is Is this going to be the kind of wolf and cub? type scenario that we're going to get from a lot of this season. Sorry, for those who maybe not know what I mean, Wolf and Cub was this kind of, when we say Wolf and Cub, it comes out a lot in pop culture. It's back from a kind of samurai movies in the 60s, 70s, I think they were. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was literally about a samurai and who was the wolf and the cub was this little kid he was bringing around. Yeah. It's kind of, an old story got turned into movies. It's been turned into translated into different versions. You think the Mandalorian is a wolf and cub mm-hmm. type story. I'm wondering, is that what they're doing with the Omega and wolf? Yeah, I guess it's trying to replicate the Jedi and their Padawan as well, which is of course is riffing on the wolf and cub. Yeah. Thing yeah. As well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you certainly hear from Omega many times. She's kind of said to Hunter now when she's been behind him, she's kind of said, Oh, how did you do that? Uh, show me how to do it. Maybe I can learn how to track like you do kind of thing. Maybe I can learn the hand signals, I think she said in one of the previous episodes. What what are those hand signals about? You see you're kind of mimicking what Hunter's doing. So she's certainly taking to him as her father uh, or as her father figure and learning from him and picking up these things. So I think that's, yeah, I think you're right, Chris. I think that's going to be the approach for the rest of the, the season, at least with her incorporating herself into the team. Yeah, I mean, I th- also thought as well that we were going to see if she has any Jedi powers here mm. when she was in the, yep. the Moon Dragon's den, uh, getting the, the capacitor back. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely thought we were going to see something like that, but she's certainly resourceful. So maybe it's just that. And of course, the, uh, back on Camino, the two Kim and Owens, are now talking about, you know, having to get this group back. And I'm wondering, is it the Bad Batch or do, are they specifically referring to Omega mm-hmm. as this kind of new source of DNA for, for the clones? So, I mean, interestingly as well, they're not only being chased down by the Empire or at least being watched out for by the Empire now, they're also going to have the Kim and Owens um, mm-hmm. onto them as well. So, um, yeah, but so I, I did think we were going to see uh, Omega's powers as such, if she were Force-sensitive. Yeah. Um, it's a perfect setup for it, isn't it? Yeah, She's on exactly. around the cave. Nobody else is around. You know, there's going to be a moment where she uh, pulls the capacitor towards her with her innate Force abilities or something. Yeah, yeah. but I didn't really get anything. No. The only hint of powers i guess or fine tuning from her genetics is her use of the blaster there in episode one mm-hmm. that's still kind of the only uh hint there um yeah. so because she didn't yeah. even use it this episode she took no. the blaster from hunter but didn't use the blaster this episode so we don't even get a repeat of her being yeah. able to use it blaster almost looked yet. like cowering in fear because yeah. there was a huge energy yeah. eating monster mm-hmm. was her power uh that <laughs> even even the 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 creature kind of was like i oh, know i can't kill this one exactly. <laughs> um so you know the the kind of puppy dog eyes but uh i i guess it's also just this half of the the episode is 
you know, it, it's still them figuring out her. So, you know, yeah. and ultimately by the end of it, welcoming her to the Bad Batch team. Yeah. Um, with her having tracked the the moon dragon and recovered the capacitor mm-hmm. you know so it, i i guess that and then also wrecker understanding the fact that she isn't a soldier because effectively he does try to steal her food absolutely um, it makes her sleep well. on the floor as well this is not yeah. a good deal for omega at the beginning of the episode <laughs> i now am actually flipping i think she may be because of the empathetic her being looking at the moon dragon and understanding it just wanted the energy. Mm-hmm. She's more empathetic. Yeah. Um, I, I think mind reading abilities. Yeah. Or, sort of or em- yeah. T- a, a, an empath type thing of kind of, we do know there have some been some Jedi who are empaths. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. They can read the force. They can read what's going on. Yeah. Well, they yeah. can read just the emotions of people. So still sounds very Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. All I can think of is Deanna Troy, Chris. <laughs> say empath. <laughs> no, I'm not just saying that. But say, I, she, yes, she yeah. she can she can read the metachlorians. Right. I guess. Uh, I guess Jedi. Yeah, they sense, don't they? So yes. I. It may have just been she sensed the the that the the. the creature this moon dragon was just hungry yeah Yeah. exactly i still Um, and you still did it again you say i sensed and that again brought back deanna troy from (laughs) that's all i got my head sorry guys (laughs) um all right so for this half of like that's pretty much the storyline for this part like they they take they get the capacitor back they fix it up and off they go yeah they well yes yeah they do give her her own room she is as you guys I've said she is becoming her member of the batch. Yeah. Um, what I do question is they do need to solidify this story a bit more. Yeah. This yeah, part of like they need to last episode kind of felt like that transit transitory kind of they were they needed to get to cut uh in order to get to here to get to yeah. here. And like this is okay, they need to go one more place. Oh well, we're gonna crash, and that's gonna stop one yeah. episode. Like we we don't even know where they're going. Yet. Yes, exactly. Af- after going to to visit um, a cut, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, that was the only thing they had. Yeah. They were trying to get away so, from Camino, go visit Cut. They got to him, and then we have no idea what their next yeah. destination when, we're not, is. What yeah, we're not clear what their is, objective yeah. is yet. But I, I think as well. This, I mean, it, it, this feels very familiar. I mean, I'm even there thinking, mm-hmm. you know, like with uh, Caleb uh, in the first episode, the Padawan Jedi. I'm like, yeah. going, oh, that'd be great to have him back. And it could be, you know, if this is a 16 episode series, it could be in episode 12 yeah. that we see him again. And like, it almost feels like you do get longer turnarounds on the arcs of some of these things yeah. like it can almost like drop out of sight that yeah. that ever happened in episode one and then literally the last two episodes there will be that reconnect and it will turn into something epic okay. i always remember that from like rebels and clone wars that mm-hmm. things that happened ages ago it seemed just because as well you know such long series yeah uh, but it could even be from other series suddenly like kick in at yeah. this moment yeah. and it kicks something off so i wonder whether there might be that kind of formula being 
sort of maintained a bit with this as well. Well, as if to confirm that, remember last episode with Cut, that was a storyline dropped in season two. Well, exactly. Which is about nine yeah. years ago. Remember, there's a big a big break in uh, in the Clone Wars as well that didn't come out every single year. So about nine years ago, you saw a character for one episode that was brought back <laughs> nine years later, basically. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so entirely possible that things will be dropped and put up. But you're absolutely right, Chris. I totally agree with you. And I think, John, you're the same because we were talking about it separately. Um, we do need to just at least know where they're trying to go to, just so we have something yeah. in our mind. Oh, they didn't get to whatever planet it is they're going to this week, but we don't yeah. know what their plan is. All we know is that they're on the run and they don't seem too concerned about that. No. They don't seem to be saying, we need to get further away from there even. Uh, so that we escape the Kaminoans or the yep. clone army that's coming after us, something like that. They they just feel like they're floating aimlessly in space and they crash land on a planet. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's you know again early in the series. I'm sure we'll get some more of that stuff as we build into the series. But, so. but yeah. I think like I mean I guess before going on to Blaster Point Two, which I to me is the the meat and two veg, I guess of, of this episode. Um, uh, the the one thing of this crash landing um the the whole animation of the breathing in the masks Absolutely. actually was i must say really quite cool um because i don't think i've ever seen that before yeah uh, where you see the breath uh hitting hitting mm. the mask yeah. um, and both, on both hunter and, yeah. and omega you see them breathing in and out and it's just such a good animation touch yeah, to make really it good. feel more realistic like remember they're still using the same style of animation as Clone Wars, with a bit of an upgrade, obviously. Um, but it's the same style of animation, and it just makes it feel more real world when you add in a detail like that, which they absolutely do not need to add in. But showing the breathing of those characters, that was a really great Definitely, touch. definitely. The only thing I wasn't entirely clear on was why they required masks and um, Echo and Tech didn't when they went outside the ship. But it could just be for longer periods of time. Maybe. They wore. They both wore them. I thought both of them wore them. Yeah. I yeah. didn't notice it because yeah, I was just there thinking I, that kind of didn't make sense to me. But no. okay, I may have just missed that. Right. Yeah. It's still slightly weird to me that they are not wearing helmets, just breathers, on a theoretically what they call the moon. Not many moons have atmospheres, <laughs> so I was just kind of like, it, it. It reminds me of a very much. I think it was Empire, where you have Luke and Han go out and oh, Millennium Falcons. Is, back, yeah. yeah, they go inside the asteroid. And inside the big worm. Yes, yeah. yes. And mm-hmm. I think they, that makes sense because you're inside of a worm. You're inside yeah. an, an animal, <laughs> like you're inside a biological... When they were just being on space, Chris. I know. Yeah, true. It's all space and sci-fi. I shouldn't question it. I I think for the purposes of Star Wars, I think that that they don't throw on spacesuits very often. No. In, no. in those movies, we've seen them with breathers before in the movies, and that's all they've had. Um, so you can make the assumption, since it's in a whole galaxy, it takes place in a whole alternate galaxy to our own, you can make the guess that they had landed on a planet that happened to be uh, okay for them to okay. to not yeah. have to wear okay. um, but I get it uh, an- another thing on the animation uh, for this episode I did love when the the Ordo Moon Dragon when it when it takes the um, the energy from the torch I love that that uh the, the green energy passing through it. I thought that was a beautiful uh, piece of art. That they yes. Did, uh, there with yeah. that. I thought that was really yeah, nice. It was really nice. It yeah. just looked so... 
I don't even know how to. I was just say illuminating, but that's a terrible pun <laughs> because right, yeah, it obviously pun, is Chris. illuminating <laughs> in the dark. Uh, no, but it was just illustrative. It yeah. was just this. It was you could see it kind of the the green color take, and previously you would have just had a bloom effect mm-hmm. on the kind of screen. It's like even though it's traveling from one end of the animal to the other, which is a long dragon. It wasn't just a big green all splashed across the whole cave inside. Cave. It actually tracked with the rest of it. And yeah. That was one that stood out to me. I, was like, I, thought, it was, I thought it was a lovely scene. I, yeah. I thought it was going to kind of play out in, the, in a, a similar kind of Star Wars way or these cartoon ways where this now becomes the companion of, of Omega and she brings it back on board the ship and they go off. You know, I yeah. thought it was going to be something like that with the story. But the fact that it is just a hungry creature trying to get a capacitor to take the energy from it. She gives us the torch and then off they go. They get the pasture yeah. back and off they go. And I think the problem different. I have is I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this description of an, you know, uh, a creature that consumes pure energy mm-hmm. and thinking, how does that work? Uh, how does the biology of like, I, I kind of get caught up a bit in like going, that is really cool. But at the same time, I'm like going, Surely it wants, like, you know, it's a, a carnivore or a herbivore or an omnivore <laughs> or something like that. Like, eating, like, a battery, I guess. Like, so I, some, and I was like thinking, you know, because we convert, yes, we require energy, but it's, like, not in its pure form. <laughs> I don't stick my, you know, my tongue into a, a socket to, mm. to kind of... Could, you could, I, I you could do, and, like... and I would turn off... I would turn out really quite badly from that encounter, but <laughs> I, it's podcast like... podcast industries does not encourage anybody so, to stick their tongue into a plug. No, well, absolutely. So, like, all I can think of is kind of like, is it like troglodytes that kind of can live in nuclear reactors <laughs> and the vacuum of space? Is it something that's kind of evolved from that or something? Maybe. These are not the thoughts I was thinking we'd be no. having on this episode of The Bad Batch, so we probably should move on to... <laughs> Blaster point one. I'll just blaster point two. Uh, I'll just remind you guys: this is the Star Wars universe. This is all the imagination of the writers. Oh, so I know. I know. Things I know. that don't make exact sense scientifically. That's not this show. That's Star Trek. I will. Oh, <laughs> I will say it's a galaxy far, far away, not a universe or an, a, anything like that. It's just a galaxy far, far away. So theoretically, the rules of physics should apply. It could I mean, be in yeah. a different universe, though. Mm. it's a galaxy far far away but could also be in a different universe we may not be able to travel to it in fact I know 100% unless you're travelling to one of the Disney worlds you can't travel to Star Wars anyway (laughs) uh, on to Blaster (laughs) Point 2 I'm calling this the rise of the stormtroopers which I kind of you doing film titles I thought that was I thought that was a good uh, a good (laughs) title for this because we get the introduction of the of some the conscripted soldiers for the first time really Um, so we've seen the clones obviously being the major army for the now empire I suppose all the way through and we got the introduction at the start of the season that um, well it's all a fiscal matter it's all down to the money uh, for the empire <laughs> now they're not willing to pay for uh, any new clones so it's much easier to um, encourage people to uh, become conscripted into this new army or encourage people to volunteer uh, for a roof over the head and some food uh, to join this new yeah, army. Yeah because like Governor Tarkin is talking about the clones as being a relic of an old time mm-hmm. or an old order I'm like, I remember three weeks hang ago. on like <laughs> yeah. this genetic cloning is seems to be quite, at least for us would mm-hmm. be quite technical and you know certainly at the time advanced and i'm like going 
Yeah, I think Tarkin doesn't quite understand yeah. maybe how how it works. But um, well, can I can I throw a bit of Star Wars lore in? Yeah, you know, go on. Just quickly, remember Obi Wan Kenobi found Camino, this planet where yes. an order had been placed for these clones centuries ago by a Jedi, yeah, and they had continued to create the clones. So actually, the clone army was ready to go by the time he got there, wasn't it? It was pretty close to ready to go when he found them on Camino. So yes. it, they are technically an old, um, uh, old technology that's been used to create the clone army. Um, and, but it is it is interesting that he's just willing to throw it all out and go, uh, you know, even though the Camino uh, constructors, I suppose, have been tooling it up and making things better, they've already created the Bad Batch with some uh, some experiments themselves. He's not willing to listen to any of that. He's just going cost too much out the door. <laughs> gonna gonna go to every planet and just recruit new soldiers. That's much cheaper. All we need to do is give them food. And their home can be uh, yeah, aboard and, our and, space station and train them. And, train, and, yeah. and one of the one of the stormtroopers does say, you know, well, they give me a bed, roof over yeah. me, food, and a, and a wage, effectively, mm. which is more than the Republic could have done or, or did. So I'm like going, okay, the Republic really were bad employers, you know. Yep. So and um, it, it's kind of like. That, you know, whereas the clones are basically have, I guess, are the way I'm kind of understand it is they have no rights because right from when they're born, they are just, they have been assigned that they are a trooper yep. of whatever designation and they are trained to do that, which sounds pretty efficient to me if I was an evil galactic uh, empire mm. or head of the armed forces in there. Right, but the um, coffers are low, John. And of course, with as we hear on Camino, the sample, the original sample, is beginning to degrade, um, and mm. so I guess your, I, I guess as well, the Bad Batch was it a freak? You know, was it a freak of the cloning process that they turned out like this, and mm. but and have the enhancements rather than it being precisely determined by the Kiminoans? Mm. So, I, I, yeah, I mean. Interesting stuff. Interesting I, I guess it sometimes feels like maybe George Lucas just sort of wrote himself into a corner. <laughs> it's like, no. Oh, we have these stormtroopers. Oh, but we had clone troopers. And actually, that sounds pretty cool. Now we've got the clone troopers. And it's like, oh, but we need to get to stormtroopers now. I know. We'll take something that is massively cool and and just go, no. I mean... And I don't know why Tarkin is worried about the budget. He's about to do the Death Star, which I I could imagine costs quite a lot of old uh, Imperial credits. That's what he's got to save for. Well, I guess that's it. <laughs> you know, you know how much, you know much a, Le- a Lego model of that costs? Can you imagine that on, on a massive scale, the size of a moon, how much it would cost to buy? <laughs> he's um, having to move the budget exactly. around so his auditors at the end of the year are, right. are, can sign off his finances. Okay, oh, you're no. making that sound like the opening crawl of, uh, of the Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> the Trade Federation, we need to get into the P&L of the Exactly. Bad batch. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. But it's interesting. You you were saying that uh, that you think George Lucas wrote himself into a corner. I always thought that the idea of George Lucas creating the clone army um, as being the precursor to stormtroopers. I always thought the reason why he created it was to explain away why the rebels blowing up the Death Star, killing all the stormtroopers in there, wasn't that bad. It, they're only clones. 
And then when they eventually went back and put it all together after the prequels, they went, oh, no, there was still stormtroopers on there. So there's still conscripted army members on the Death Star all murdered uh, or all died in the explosion of the Death Star. So he didn't actually end off cleaning up anything, even though he felt he was cleaning up stuff by sticking in the Cloud Army. Um, But anyway, that's... So much Star Wars uh, for uh, for this point that <laughs> so we're going to talk about. So much accounting as well. <laughs> There's a lot of <laughs> financial. Um, I didn't know we get into the financials of running a galactic empire. Did you but not, now, Chris? We've been podcasting we five years now. You knew we were going to get into this. It's true. At some point, <laughs> the next episode talking will be working out the near present value of. Uh... <laughs> Wait, no, it's the capital gains on an individual selling an individual. Sorry, the, uh, the net death star. Value. You better be working on the insurance. So you can build Death Star too. Yeah, but um, it's called. We know that this whole project is called War Mantle, which is mm. a pretty nice. I mean, yeah. you know, good, good project name. I like that name. Yeah, yeah. you need name. a good project name. You always need a good project name. That's half the battle. Yeah. Well, actually, half the battle in this case is they have hundreds of thousands of clones out there mm. at this point. Yeah, like so. The question, the question I do have is. Well, I'm actually interested to see where this goes because we do know by the the end of Return of the Jedi, or at least by the beginning of A New Hope, they are given a conscription number mm-hmm. when they're born and things like that. So when they're stolen from their families, that's that's true. When they're stolen, yes, from it, their it families, feels a bit like does, um, the does. Roman army type thing. Is yeah. any planet? Or, yeah. or, um, civilization that they subjugate. Yeah. They, they kind of take, you know, uh, a certain bounty of, of the, the, the young, healthy yeah. stock in order to be a part of the army. So this here is just the start of it. This is the disenfranchised people, the people that didn't really like the Republic getting them on board to join the army, basically. Yeah. It's, Cause it's they didn't pay doing. a living wage by well, the yeah. sounds yeah. of it. The, um, the, the one aspect I, I'm quite happy they're showing is, the the stormtroopers or the, the 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 baby storm what do you call a baby storm like a barometric kind uh, of up a, pressure a light rain a light rain the light rain, oh, the light okay. rain yeah. troopers I was thinking a dirty dirty nappy and plenty of vomit that would be a baby a baby storm, storm. <laughs> <laughs> but he always misses his mark um anyway the reason i was the, the reason i bring this up is because at the end is they do shoot and as you guys said they shoot the, and they actively slaughter Saul Guerrero's innocents who well we know at least Saul Guerrero went got off planet yep. he had a couple of members of his rebels or the beginning of rebels mm-hmm. um trying to help and there was just two people two innocents who were just trying to get off planet with them that's right. Paying for transport. Yeah. And they they exterminate them. So they are they we've always kind of been led to believe the stormtroopers were kind of constricted. They were just they were bad guys, but there were some good guys in the bad guys. They were just doing their job. Very if you look at the Mandalorian season two where you see like there's a whole episode there where you get to see the the stormtroopers celebrate by kind of doing things and they're all human and they sit around a canteen. This is also reminding you, yeah, some of these guys have done war crimes and these are four conscripts, three conscripts at the end who basically slaughter innocents. Yeah, but but you're leaving out quite a big 
portion of that story, Chris. One of them refuses and is murdered by the yes. clown leader of the group, which is Crosshair, who's now who's now turned quite significantly. Like he he when they went on the original mission with Hunter, Hunter refused to kill Sogarera and his team. And you saw from Crosshair that he was going he he was going against that. And now he repeats his line after one of the uh, the new recruits refuses, he repeats his line that a good soldier follows orders. <laughs> Um, so after the new leader, Crosshair, has killed a member of their team, the rest of them join in and follow his his order, effectively. So exactly to your point, Chris, these are people that are now going to follow orders because they've been told what they get if they don't follow orders. Because mm. they yeah. were all standing back. They were all standing back, unwilling to follow the order. The, the new recruit that refused to take the order was telling them at the moment, let's not follow the orders of a clone. Let's the four of us leave together because he's just a clone we don't respect uh that his type of leadership and then yeah, he gets yeah. killed so yeah i was just i was in my head i was like they could have overpowered crosshair for- i think they were willing to leave okay if crosshair hadn't killed the, the member of their troop that turned against him yeah i guess it's also yeah what what you're willing to do um so i mean i mean there's certainly Plenty of examples where soldiers have done uh, atrocities. So, I mean, it's not like this is the case that it it can happen. I think um, it's just it's it's reflecting on the previous um, moment where we see this group on Onderon, but with the Bad Batch. And in in a sense, I guess, you know, we do see Crosser here having a bit more um cat scanning going on and a bit more uh work being done on his processor yeah. and you know you hear talking saying it's kind of en- enhancing what they can do or making him more compliant i guess so mm-hmm. he the compliance is probably at least that if if all four of them had turned against him he would have shot all four of them yeah. and going back to camino then Poor um, Vice Admiral Rampart wouldn't have been promoted to Admiral well, yeah. Rampart because <laughs> his new kind of idea of getting his this new um, armed force together wouldn't have fitted with what Tarkin wants. I mean, Tarkin is basically like, I guess, um, like we'll use your experience. Himmler yeah. or like, oh, well, yeah. you know, from from the Gestapo yeah, and the yeah, SS yeah. or something. You know, he will do any means to get to his end. You know, yeah, yeah. and so I, I think that's what would have happened. I think it's just showing that some of them will, yeah. and ultimately that's maybe what they're trying to find. Though, because Tarkin is also willing to allow the clones. I I, I thought there was going to be some massive massacre um, of the clones or something that we would see a bit, you know, almost a bit like with Order sixty six. Right. There'd be another order where they were like all shut down. Um, or order something Order sixty like Order sixty seven. Uh, shut yourself down. <laughs> Throw yourselves off the space station. But yeah. like he is willing that you know they will be used until their usefulness has has run out, which mm-hmm. I guess is they will do something to their inhibitor chip that allows them to do something similar to what Crosshair does, which is trying to get the right evil person through whatever means to be a stormtrooper. Right. I don't know. Okay. But, I mean, that's what I'm thinking anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think that is actually coming, though. I think they're, they're building yeah. to that. Theoretically, there's hundreds of thousands of these clones. Mm-hmm. So we're, what, 20 years away from... 
um, Luke and the New Hope. Yeah, twenty um, to thirty years. I'd say so, at least. Um, Admiral. So Tarkin was admiral at the start of this series. He's now a governor. So the Empire's been split up into its different governors. So just with a quick check there, apparently we're about 19 years. So you've got a hundred, you've got hundreds of thousands of yeah. clone troopers to be dealt with within 19 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've seen that the, the, the cloners are trying to look for new things. They're talking about the sample degrading. They're yeah. saying all these little things. I think potentially. The, the overall storyline that is going to be of the Bad Batch is some point we're, we're talking about P&L and we're going to see the L of the clones, the loss of the clones, the death of the clones. Yeah. And it's maybe it's a firing squad where they get them all into one big room and Tarkin's there and he presses us to, the kill switch, literally. Maybe, and maybe, or else, it, or else it is just literally attrition. It's, it's effectively yeah. pushing the clone army versus their new enemies effectively until they're all wiped out and replaced with stormtroopers it's, yeah. it's it, it could easily be just that but i do think there's there's a big reckoning to come i'm just thinking the kill order sorry this is really like silly but it is the it, the kill order i'm thinking of talking having to like how much uh, money has been just lost to his <laughs> to his accountants mm. from all the loss of assets like um that he's doing here the interesting thing for me is also the Kim and Owens as well, because it is like there's a bit of a loose lips sink ships kind of thing going on mm-hmm, here. True. Whereas Tarkin and um, Vice Admiral Rampart are quite open about <laughs> kind of their what they're planning, I guess, mm-hmm. their strategy or whatever, right in front of um, the cloners. And so, you know, it's not like um, they are. You know, they talk about their survival depends on getting uh, the Bad Batch or at least one of them back mm. so that they can, you know, give a, an even better sample or get a better sample of code so that they can clone better clone troopers. So, um, but I do think no wonder, like, um, the events of Rogue One, given how Tarkin and Rampart are just happily chatting about their military plans. Well, absolutely, absolutely. I do like the idea of having the the uh, the cloners and um, Rampart kind of vying for the attention of of uh, of uh, Governor Tarkin. Yeah, here. I like the idea that each of them has kind of a plan to keep uh, their idea going, and then it's because Rampart comes up with the idea of putting the two together, going right. How about we use the experience of a good clone and our new conscripted army and put them together and we'll get the best out of everything. So, yeah. uh, so that's a, that's a really good idea. Yeah. One thing that did come out of this, and um, we will uh, move on from our accounting discussion, but, uh, <laughs> um, one thing that, uh, I, I will say that came out of this, uh, moment in here, you guys were absolutely right last week about why, um, Cut didn't leave with the Bad Batch from the planet, or John, I think you, you particularly mentioned it, uh, that he would have been terrified to leave with them. We see it here. We see these uh, two people that are trying to take a trip off-world from from Andoran. They're trying to leave with Sogarero's troops, and they get slaughtered for it. So Cut was right not to leave with the Bad Batch. Yeah, when yeah. That was the right option. There was an option open to him. But if he had left and they'd been caught... His whole family could have been slaughtered by the troops, effectively. Definitely, so, yeah. Um, so that was a good that was a good catch last week. Definitely, and, and I didn't see it. In the episode. I think just quickly the the other thing is you know there is an element right at the end where Crosshair has come back from that mission. He goes back to his quarters, and 
It's difficult to know because Crosshair is a fairly stern looking um, mm-hmm. member of the Bad Batch. But you have at least Wrecker, but I think all of the other members of the Bad Batch are missing Crosshair that we yeah. see um, on the um, the Marauder, the Havoc Marauder. But also, I think right at the end, you know, he he's looking at who's going into the, the bunks there, which aren't his former team. Mm-hmm. He takes a glance at all the um the tally of missions, successful missions that they've returned back from and kind of sits down and uh, you know, in his bunk. Um I guess being as emotional as Crosshair can be. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I guess there's a little bit of uh he's missing his um his former team a bit as well yes or i could be totally wrong there i would say that and it does kind of lead on to our blaster point number three let's talk about chips loaf chips it's friday night let's talk about some chips chips and fish um no uh chips inside heads because all the way throughout the episode i mentioned earlier on we have tech working on the chips trying to work out what's going on with these chips that are in their brains they learn a bit more detail from from uh, Omega. She tells them that the chip is what is controlling them. Uh, they had suspected it. You hear Echo saying, "I wonder if that's what can what happened to Crosshair." And she says, "Absolutely, that's what the chip is for." Effectively, um, we, it's supposed to be controlling them. And you hear them kind of coming to the conclusion that maybe if they do something about the chip, or if something happens with the chip, could that bring Crosshair back to the group? So I'm wondering if we'll see Crosshair flip back over to the Bad Batch at some point in the future. If Tech keeps working on that chip and comes up with a way to fix it, will he be the saviour of the clones? Will he be someone that's able to free them from this chip that's now controlling them all? I wonder if that's if that's a way they're going to go with the series. That would be a pretty big um, storyline, actually. Mm. You've got to um, have something for the show. You've got to have something big for the show, and I wonder if that's why they're focusing on it so much. On the chip itself... We also have something else going on with Wrecker in the episode uh, that we uh, that we should talk about here because I think it's related to the chip. As they go in for the crash landing, you see, you know, it's the comedy moment where uh, you hear Wrecker say to uh, say say out loud, "We're gonna die, we're gonna die, we're gonna die," and then he looks at Omega and goes, "We're gonna be fine," <laughs> and then hits it hits his head off the bulkhead uh, inside the ship. And for the rest of the episode, it's constantly referencing the fact that he's getting headaches, that he's feeling pain in his head, uh, possibly around the chip. Um, so I do think this this idea of the chip in their brain that made them carry out Order 66 for everybody else except for the Bad Batch, I think that's going to come in and form a big part of the arc of what's happening with Tech and the Bad Batch for the rest of the season. What do you guys think? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it was oh, so, <laughs> so signposted in this episode with uh, Wrecker holding his head right mm. around where the chip is yeah. uh, that... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it could even just be, you know, we know Tech's working on his device to uh, to be able to modify or remove or whatever it is. Analyze? Analyze, um, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, analyze um, versus modify. And yeah. we know that Echo has had his removed. Um, but I just wonder whether, yeah, we'll, we'll get the sort of the tense situation of Wrecker suddenly turning on his group here Absolutely. he's obviously as you say he's the dumb ogre one from uh dungeons and dragons so you know he, he's a formidable um opponent but he's also the level one so for the audience it's like there's yeah. the big cuddly teddy bear that that's is, turned into chucky that's getting really yeah. close to to omega he's the one that, that welcomed her to the team built a room for her, and then 
Chip flips on and he tries to kill the team. I think that's entirely possible. Yeah, I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. John jokingly said, yeah, that's what signposts. I literally Mm -hmm. do think it is. And I think you do have to forget, they're trying to weave a kid's story, an all ages story at the Mm -hmm. same time as a storyline for adults of all ages and type of thing. And they are signposting it that to, for those who have watched other films and other TV shows and the other writers are, you can see where they're going. I think the mid-season finale or the, is basically Wrecker going bad. Or okay. them having to save, stop Wrecker and turn him back. And Omega does the, no, kind of, you you were one of us. And then suddenly he's good again. That's, I think, what will happen. Okay. He'll get hit in the head again. Maybe that's where her power f- flares on and she smacks him with a... Like, she uses the force to pull the throw uh, something at his head and it, it switches the switch back off. Yeah. With cro- Crosshair, uh-huh. I think he's bad until the end. He's bad right till the mm-hmm. end and then you get yeah. the Darth Vader moment. You get the... He d- sacrifices himself... To save Omega, to he defies orders to save the bad batch, right? And he he is lost to that, and he is interesting. I, I I wonder about about the length of those arcs because uh, I'm not sure. I think they might bring back the bad batch together as a group uh, at some point. Um, that is the show, and I know we've already lost Crosshair out of that team already. So I think that might, at some point over the season, we might get uh, the full team back together. He's too mean. He's too mean for a kids show. I don't think he is. I think right now he's under control and he feels meaner than he actually is. Um, okay. Very calculating character, as we've seen him before. Um, but yeah, it'll be intriguing to see. But I think uh, I think the chips are really important. I wanted to make sure that we call them out uh, in this episode as we're three episodes in. Yes, chips really are. Important. Chips are. Uh, I did have a discussion about the kind of um, the targeting, I suppose, of this episode with Matt Murdock uh, over on uh, over on Twitter, who sent us some some thoughts about uh, who is the target audience for this show. And I think this is a good point as we close out the discussion about the episode. A good point to have a chat about that here. Um, I would think that fundamentally, when Dave Dave Filoni did his version of Clone Wars and Rebels, they tended to be targeted, the first seasons particularly tended to be targeted at kind of preteens and their parents who were Star Wars fans. And as the episodes went on or the seasons went on, they grew with uh, with those te- preteens. So by the time the series was finished, they were about 18, 19 years old. And I think the stories were kind of reflecting that. They were they were at least at least 16, let's say, uh, as they as the show got on. So the, sh- the stories that were there in the in the uh, sixth and seventh season of Clone Wars and the fourth season of, of Rebels were much more targeted to that age group as they finished. And I think with the Bad Batch, uh, what's been happening is the show's being targeted as those fans who watch the Clone Wars, plus it's trying to bring in that new younger audience that's coming to it for the first time as well. And I think for this episode, it's a really... I don't think they hit the balance very well in this episode because you are trying to satisfy adults, fans that saw all of Clone Wars, which got quite dark, um, and you're also trying to satisfy a new audience that are coming on for... Uh, for the cute new character that's joined this team and her friendship with this uh, with this ragtag band and i do think that it's it's a little bit of a of a mismatch in this episode yeah it did yeah. i completely agree I, I i am slightly fearful of a incident an episode type of show right now 
because it's 14 episodes, where it's the Scooby-Doo Monster of the Week incident. Oh, no, we crashed on this. Oh, no, we need to go. We've gone to this village, and these people need help. And they stretch for the next 10 episodes. Okay. Eight episodes, all of these incidents, type things, and then only move the big story at episode 13, 14. I think that is actually going to be the show. What I'm really speaking about is the difference between having a story where the young kid character saves the Bad Batch, which is a story that you would that you would show to preteens or you'd show to to very young uh, cartoon fans, versus a story where five innocents get slaughtered in this episode. <laughs> that's that's something yes. you, that I feel the balance is off on uh, in terms of the audience you're looking at. You have a quite a serious adult story versus a kid story stuffed into a cartoon. Well, at least they didn't show the source. <laughs> at least they pulled the camera away. I mean, I but I, 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 I definitely get it. It is a, um, a diverse mix of what you've gotten in these two, um, these two halves of, of this episode, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. Um, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's the appropriateness of that for, for children. But I, I think as well, if, if kids have, have you know watched the 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 prequels i mean they ultimately do get um uh, certainly more vivid around yeah. the warfare i mean there's that one from the episode two with uh, where they're fighting on the insect planet i can't remember what it's mm-hmm. called but like just the amount of the barrage of the the clone troopers going in against the uh, the droid army but you know you've got the slaughter of the jedi as well mm-hmm. you've got the slaughter of the jedi kids in the temple mm-hmm. in revenge of the sith so that's kind of there and i i guess it is a little bit of a difficult tightrope to walk between, um, I guess what happens, um, uh, on the, the moon where the, uh, the ship has, has landed and, and what's going on on Onderon and, and at the command of Crosshair. But I kind of feel it's also important to have that as well. Maybe it's one episode like that and one more like, you know, what happens on the moon. But it is kind of important because I, I think that it is the Galactic Empire and, oh, and they are yeah. pretty evil. Mm, uh, yeah. So they need to show that evil um, and that it potentially has consequences. Yeah. Like in this case, probably for Crosshair, like Tarkin effectively going down with the ship in episode four on the Death Star was his consequence for what yeah. we can see is a pretty, uh, you know, heinous. despicable and heinous. Yeah, great word. Heinous life. Um, yeah, uh, personally, you know? as I say, I, I have no issues with uh, with this balance here uh, that's happening. I know these episodes are going to be uh, moments of the week, characters of the week, but also I love seeing a bit of darkness in there. We're talking about um, characters that were based on the Nazi army with the stormtroopers, yeah. you know. So you you should be seeing them get worse and worse as yeah. these no, as these shows progress, of course. But I'm just wondering about the target audience of this. There's going to be some people watching this that probably didn't think their kids were going to be seeing um, people go, "Please don't shoot me." 
please don't shoot me and then them dying and their parents having to explain to them where have they gone uh, but but I just want to have that they didn't show it exactly exactly but I did just want to have the discussion about it uh, on this episode they better not uh, read any history then yes but the planet you were thinking of was Geonosia John that's it Geonosia uh, yeah. yes. so we have the Geonosian arena where all the Jedi's slaughter was yes. happening and fighting yes. was happening yeah. as, as we wrap up I'm just going to close on I have no problem with the the incident Scooby-Doo episode of the week that was the Flash. That's a lot of other shows. That's I, I, I'm on board with that. It's the little kid saves the big universe every week. Like the Omega, who the character identified. I think it does. It can't just be Omega yeah. saves it con- con- consistently. It needs to be Hunter does it. Crosshair yeah. does it. Tech does it. Like it needs to be about the Bad Batch. Otherwise, it's the Omega and Bad Batch show. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. I think that's it. And I'd agree. We're go- we're going to see them using their different skills each week as they build out their characters as well. We're probably yeah. going to see uh, different things done as as the show goes on. Uh, any closing thoughts on the episode? What did you think overall of the Bad Batch episode three, the replacements, Chris? I defend it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I it, look. This is a well written show. It's struggling with its duality, and I think that's the problem. I I I, I am very much of of the opinion that I they need to pick a lane or an audience, I should say. I would love to see something very much like the Omega show, and that would be good for bringing those up-and-coming like preteens into the Star Wars universe, like the droids and all that fun stuff, and then bring them in. And you can have healthy, young, fun aspects of the Bad Batch, but I also think they need... You need what we have now, which is this like sixteen plus Nazi discussing the like the atrocities of war or mm-hmm. and like yeah. pretend like that's that's the show I'm here for. That's what I'm so interested. Like that darkness in the universe, in the told in a very written in an amazing way. Right. That's what I'm kind of think. So I like the show. Have a duality of opinion. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's kind of what I think. Johnners. What about yourself? Yeah, I really like this episode. Um, I I would give it three and a half um, remaining Stormtroopers out of five. Um, I would have given it three if I thought it should be three, but let's just say half of them made it out. Okay. <laughs> uh, from that. Uh, but I, and I really like that side of it. And I guess that's coming from sort of the, uh, I guess, the, the over uh, 16s, uh, sort of target audience. I really <laughs> like seeing this idea of um the the building, the developing of this galactic empire that of course we all kind of saw in such stark immediate terms with, you know, Vader coming onto Princess Leia's ship and, and all of that kind of thing. I, I find that uh, you know that's really good, but it's also being done in a really cool way through Cross Her, through this this mission um to see you know, how well stormtroopers uh, are in, in the field. Um, I kind of, I liked the, the crash on the moon and, and the, and, and everything. I, I like that developing kind of side of the bad batch and Omega, you know, becoming a team. Uh, and sort of understanding one another. I think what I need to just understand better. Um, is what are the Bad Batch doing? I, I got the hint mm-hmm. from this one that with all the talk about the chip, um, tech working on his device, 
and all of that that and and the talk around crosshair about missing him that they ultimately will head back to Camino to try and get him reason with him but are they gonna is that going to be something that's mentioned in the next episode or in seven episodes so in the immediate term what what's their plan because you would say they're on the run from Tarkin from clone army but we don't see anyone tracking them you know like in, in a lot of cases yeah. where they've been on the run you've also had the um you know their antagonist tracking them down and crosshair's yeah. not even doing that they're not sending him out maybe that will happen next time i think so I, yeah i think that i will. think that will come yeah. but it's just like that side of it just kind of got undermined a bit for me with like yeah okay it's just like crash land on the moon of of the week i guess with <laughs> creature of the week um but i like the stuff just personally around the bad batch and amiga so yeah i'd give it uh three and a half remaining stormtroopers out of five i enjoyed it derek what are your thoughts i think i already mentioned this this is my favorite episode since the since the opener um the opening episode the hour the hour and a half kind of movie that we saw uh, that really felt like three episodes the opener of that where you had the big moment of order 66 that had to accomplish a point of setting up the season. This is a normal episode for the season. This is the type of episode I would expect to see where something's going on with the Bad Batch and something's going on with the Empire. Just a little surprised at how uh, disjointed the two of them were. That's 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 my only uh, complaint about the episode, but I really enjoyed it. You know, as a Star Wars fan for my entire life, I know it has really light moments that are for kids and I know it has really dark moments that, that are for adults. Uh, just the balance seemed a little bit off in this episode. That's the only thing. But my favourite one so far. So hopefully it'll keep up uh, at this kind of pace in these 22 to 27 minute episodes uh, for the rest of the season. Really enjoying it. Thanks so much, guys. Um, really good to chat about another episode of Star Wars The Bad Batch. We've got a little bit of feedback. Um, we got an email in from Victor who says, Greetings Troopers. A fellow defender here signing up t- with the Troopers. I really enjoyed The Bad Batch in the last season of Clone Wars Crosshair seemed destined to oppose the batch very sad Tarkin must be using him as a warm up for dealing with Darth Vader nice to see Caleb as a young Padawan sorry we didn't get to see him again in Clone Wars I found Omega annoying at first but she won me over with her weapon skills all in all another great Dave Filoni production happy to be with you troopers cheers Victor Von Doom great stuff thanks uh, and great to have you on board uh, fellow trooper uh, Victor yeah, I think uh, Caleb as well, for me, is the standout. And that's just because I'm, like, head over heels on, on Rebels. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, Omega is certainly... Uh, it's a difficult one to pitch, actually, uh, having uh, the kid join the clones. Um, and I think her story is is moving along at least the dynamics between her with the Bad Batch. So, um, and yeah, Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. An absolute master, I think, um, in terms of what he does. And I'd say, I, I think this is still very early days for me yeah, yeah. on, on, on this type of thing. And I'm, I'm expecting it to be, uh, increasingly get epic. Right. Okay. Aiming for I might, epic. I, I, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I do. Aiming for really good. Aiming well, really epic. good. And then when I sit back and think about it, it'll be like, oh my goodness, that was epic. Like I got in right. Rebels and Clone Wars. Um, but, there, I'm probably setting myself up for a massive, massive fall. But I hope not. No, in Filoni we trust. Exactly. I think that's the best. It's like, I, I think he, he, he has had enough wins and enough, he has shown us enough to, for me to go, I trust. I, I, I'm, I'm willing to give this, 
Absolutely. the next 11 episodes. So that's why I'm here. Yeah. So definitely thank you, Victor. And glad to have you with us on this one as well. Absolutely. Yeah, the big worry really with Floaty shows and the, the animated shows is that you jump off too soon and you never yeah. get to the epic part. Yeah, that's or the there's concern. no statuettes of them like Rebels. Oh, that's right. That's right. That was really disappointing for you, wasn't it? Yes. Give it time. Give it time. Gonk. Over on Facebook, we also got some feedback from Dan Lee who said, Yikes! Crosshair went from zero to Vader pretty damn fast. Mm. <laughs> I'm really hoping that future episodes have a bit more purpose. So far, it feels a bit aimless. Aimless is oh. a really good word for that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Also, yeah. when you're talking about crosshair, aimless. Hey, hey, that's that's hey, very good. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah, Dan yeah. meant that. I'm Absolutely. Sure very good, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, he really did go from zero to Vader. But it, at least we got the sense that in this episode, at least, that his Vaderness was a product of... You know, the messing around with the chip, exactly. I guess. Exactly. Uh, so you, you know, hopefully he can be reconciled to his, um, well, zero-ness, I guess. <laughs> yes. Or maybe hero-ness. Yes. Maybe he goes from yes. zero to Vader to hero, maybe is the, is the plan. Uh, excellent stuff. Thanks for that, Dan. One final piece of feedback over on Twitter. Doug Green said, I see the puppet thing now. You have ruined my adulthood. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we mentioned last week that the uh, the models for the clone uh, clone wars seem to be coming from uh, wooden puppets uh, so uh, we've ruined it for Doug sorry Doug sorry Doug I'm not sorry <laughs> <laughs> you know John I'm going to have to stop saying that this is our last piece of feedback when we record our podcast because we always get feedback in after we've recorded. That thanks, is true. Absolutely. But thanks so much for everybody that's been sending in the feedback. We got some feedback over on Facebook. Uh, Richard Blaze first off says, I found the catch up of Crosshair and the Empire far more interesting than the generic storyline with the rest of the Bad Batch. If it plays out, can't see the Kaminoans lasting long either. A double cross of the Empire and they are done for. Mass execution style by the new elite troopers. Also, a whole episode about a damaged ship and lack of power, but they seem to have cobbled together plenty of lights for Omega. What the bloody hell is powering them? The Force? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Richard. Absolutely. Thanks, Richard. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. I think um, the Empire Crosshair storyline is really... It, it kind of feels like that connects much more to the wider, the the, the more epic nature of Star Wars, yeah. what's going on in the galaxy, um, and it becomes much more intimate. Um, but it is, yeah, it it's very generic. The the the, the story with the Bad Batch yeah. and, and with Omega, and I don't uh, I don't sure. think it would take too much to fix it either. As we said, I think it's just having a little more knowledge about what they're actually doing, um, whether they're being chased or going somewhere. I think would just add enough to it that having a side story like this wouldn't feel as just generic. Yeah, exactly. Definitely, as, as and I, I think the Kaminoans, um, yeah, it, it's they're on a knife edge they as are. to uh, how they are going to turn out, um, but certainly. I think, as I was saying, uh, loose lips sink ships, yeah. uh, with Tarkin and, uh, Rampart, um, basically discussing quite openly the mm-hmm. Galactic Empire strategy for their military development. Yeah. Uh, at least the Kaminoans, uh, have got the intel in which they can at least try and have the best chance of surviving the mm-hmm. evil Galactic Empire. Ah, Galactic Insider Trading. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think at the end they did restore power to the ship, which is why the lights were working though, Richard. Um, but I guess that wrecker was working in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I would lights. say so. Yeah, Bob Phil- 
Philip says, this one had a mid-season Iron Fist feel about it. I'll keep watching, but in the vague hopes someone remembers that the story needs to go somewhere that isn't just round and around the garden like a teddy bear, one step, two step, murder a bunch of defenseless civilians. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. Um, No, I, I uh, I think Bob totally right there um and i think you know we kind of alluded to this really in in the podcast that then we don't actually know where the bad batch are going and given that this is called star wars the bad batch it's a little interesting that the empire storyline um about a much wider element certainly had the greater interest at least for me Mm -hmm. Um, I know it involves Crosshair, who is one of the Bad Batch, but yeah. I think the Bad Batch needs to be more front and center. And mm-hmm. um, with, I think, Crosshair hunting them down, you know, really can provide some tense exchanges, yeah. really. And maybe that's the next mission that Tarkin will send him on. Um, and also that, yes, have Omega, but she shouldn't be the focus. Um, I think she needs to develop as the focus, uh, I guess, being accepted as part of the Bad Batch as a new member, yeah. then uh, I guess that's the good time for her to sprout. Yeah, it probably uh, speaking fe- of gardens. Yeah, it probably feels a little longer into the season because we had those initial three episodes followed by episode, what's called episode two and episode three. So we're, we kind of feel like we're five episodes into the season. So it probably feels a bit longer into the show as well. But hopefully by next week, it'll feel a little less ableist, as uh, I think Dan Lee said in his feedback. Uh, Diana Maskell says... This episode was not my favourite, but there were some interesting parts and a lot of important groundwork was laid. While the Bad Batch's moon landing was pretty boring, it was important to contrast to Crosshair. Tech testing the inhibitor chip in contrast to what was happening on Camino or on Andoran for that matter, was an important point. Record did no wrecking this episode, but even his simple, straightforward manner displayed humanity and individuality in several ways, from not accepting Omega's food, to reassuring her during the crash landing, to making her a place of her own. I understand Echo's annoyance, but Tech is absolutely right that learning more about those inhibitor chips is essential to everything beyond simple preservation of life. Some other important moments include the continued exploration of squad equals family. They miss Crosshair and want to save him. I am definitely getting some Winter Soldier vibes here. Even as Omega reminds the squad repeatedly that it isn't Crosshair's fault, I keep thinking about the Bucky-Steve conversation when Steve tells Bucky it wasn't his fault and Bucky replies, but I did it. Rampart's plan is definitely of the evil variety. (laughs) All the savings of human troopers versus the cost prohibitive clones, with all the control offered by an inhibitor chipped clone leader. This is the dream of every villainous leader he has dreamed. I am very curious about the new Kaminoan initiative to replace the degraded Jango Fett genetic material and continue to be intrigued by Omega's special power. She is definitely more intuitive. Are they laying the seeds for the reveal that she's Force-sensitive? Sorry that my thoughts were not more organised, but I just wrapped up semester grades and my brain is fried. Clearly, there was more going on here than I thought. Definitely some things to consider as we move forward with the series. Why was Omega not given an inhibitor chip, or is she just an extensive field test to see what happens? Some great thoughts there, Diana. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing around uh, Omega is, you know, what type of clone is she ultimately? Um, She's certainly not coming from the the Django Fett uh, genetic code, Mm -hmm. um, but certainly... Um, you know, who was the source of that genetic material for Omega and what powers does she have? And yeah, 
does she does she not have this inhibitor chip uh, as well? Yeah, it feels like the fact that she knows that there is an inhibitor chip and that it's programmed that that the clones are programmed with it and they have to do what it says. It feels like all of that means she doesn't have an inhibitor chip. So that's a really interesting. Yeah, point. and I like your idea that the uh, Kaminoans possibly let her escape mm. on the basis that they could field test her uh, with the Bad Batch because now they're looking at least to try and bring them back and it yeah. feels like they've got you know it's a bit like with the Millennium Falcon with the um, the homing beacon uh, on board so the maybe. Empire could track that maybe there's something that the um, Kiminoans can do to find them much more easily uh, and uh, you know bring them back so that they can use the DNA but mm. I mean that's the other aspect of the Kaminoans is are they because they just say we only need one of them yeah but does that mean they're going to prioritize getting Amiga back or is it just any one of the any five, one of the bad batch four, exactly yeah. um for sure and yes Rampart's plan is definitely uh, of the evil variety mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting connection there Diana with uh, with the Steve Buck- Bucky conversation about uh, about whether he's in control um, and even if he isn't in control he still did it so that will cause some problems with him that's a, that's a really interesting call out thanks for that Diana yeah thanks so much Diana Back over on email, um, Victor sent his thoughts on um, episode three as well. Victor goes, greetings, troopers. I like this adventurism of Amiga, and I'm looking forward to her reveal. Mm. Is there any hope for Crosshair's return to the batch? His conditioning appears to have taken hold. Who is the superior clone the Kaminoans are looking for? Perhaps Boba? Where is he anyway? A foundling of the Mandalorians. As always, I look forward to your podcasts and the great trooper feedback. Cheers, Victor Von Doom. Thanks. Thanks, Victor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. The superior clone. Is it the Bad Batch? Because they have this um, independence of thought. They can uh, be more creative in the field. Or is it Omega? And it feels like a single person they're yes, talking about when they say exactly. the superior clone. The, and the superior clone. So that, that, to me, means Omega. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly. Yeah. But then what was... What's the source of her code again? A bit like, um, with Diana as well. And um, so definitely. And on Crosser, it's interesting. You know, they've definitely, um, you know, deepened, um, heightened the conditioning of Crosser, mm-hmm. uh, as we see in this episode. But it is the, it's just that image of him at his bunk. Um, yeah. I guess having looked at the, 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 tally of all the missions seeing that it's not his bad batch that are going into the other bunks and despite all their insigns that are kind of painted on the walls and all this kind of stuff i'm wondering if you know despite the uh, enhancing of the inhibitor chip by Tarkin and the Kaminoans and that, that you know there's a part of him it's that element of that part of him that can be brought back uh, is he just thinking about it as he sits down on the uh, on his bunk at the end yeah. of the episode so yeah no some so some good thoughts there Victor thanks uh, so much and it does feel like there's always going to be hope 
for Crosshair to return. You at would some think point, so that there, yeah. that there may be a return. He is conditioned, as you say, and he is he is he has got a chip controlling him. So that's all possibilities for uh, for ways that he can come back. Uh, I just realised there that um, that a lot of the actress who's playing Omega's uh, voice, her New Zealand accent, is starting to affect me. I'm starting to call her Amiga, like a, a 1990s computer. Uh, Omega is her name. Uh, as for Boba Fett, um, yeah, at this stage, didn't, didn't uh, Boba Fett appear as a kid in? Uh, Attack of the Clones. So yes. that's episode two, probably a couple of years, maybe or months before this. Um, I can't remember how long exactly the, the Clone Wars goes on, but I only think it's about two or three years. So he's still quite young. And Boba was a clone of Django that they gave to, the Kim and Owens gave to Django. Yes, he was a, a direct clone. He was the only one that wasn't enhanced in any way. Yes. Um, that, yeah. That's right. But he's out there somewhere, but, uh, but a very young kid still, probably uh, early teens, I'd say. Yes. Yeah. Thanks once again, everybody, for sending your feedback and any thoughts you have about the show uh, and about and about our podcast. Please email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. Come join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. We'd love to talk, you, talk to you over there about The Bad Batch as well. Yes, but you can also, if you feel like it, head on over to patreon.com slash tvpodcastindustries.com no it's patreon.com slash tvpodcastindustries uh, I had to get the singing in it's been so long the rebels and clone wars and the bad batch fellow troopers have not heard my terrible singing so therefore I had to get it in yes. right now we have our own planet destroyer uh-huh. yes. yes much it's our like own secret weapon yeah, yes. it is a death star to it's usually ears. it's usually secret because I edit it out most of the time but I'm not going to be able to edit that out anyway uh, yeah. yes if you do want to support us you can support us on a monthly basis by going over to patreon.com slash tv podcast industry support us for any amount over there and if you just want to make a one-off donation to keep the podcast going and keep me in caffeine you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash tvpi and uh, buy us a coffee over there. But otherwise you can support us on any good or evil Jedi or Sith loving podcast catcher of your choice because sharing the podcast is sharing the what? Love. Love, 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 love. That was trying to be in the Star Wars theme tune but it was really bad. Thank you so much fellow troopers for following along listening to us and our thoughts on this episode we'll be back next weekend with our chats about star wars the bad batch episode four which airs may 21st thanks for joining us talk to you next time yeah thanks so much fellow troopers for joining us it's a pleasure chit-chatting with you as always remember keep watching keep listening and keep being bad batch (laughs) bye bye bye